blowout numbers, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we had in the November job report. Today is Friday, December 2nd, and all eyes were on the federal government when they came out and gave us the non-farm payroll support. The number came out at 263,000 new jobs versus an estimate of 200,000 jobs. And we also saw wages increase almost twice as much as what we were expecting on Wall Street. So what do we do from now? Because it's clear the Fed still has a tremendous amount of work. But welcome, everyone, to BHS Live. I'm Todd Schoenberger, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Tobin Smith, out in sunny, warm, and hot Scottsdale, Arizona. Toby. Oh, oh, oh stop it, Todd. Stop I'm it, I'm just Todd. jealous. I'm just Is jealous. It- <laughs> I'm stuck with six feet of snow in western New York but you got it all going on. But I got to tell you, Toby, the one thing that is going on is the jobs market right now. Despite the Federal Reserve increasing rates by 3.75% since they started this tightening cycle, we still are seeing jobs that are being created everywhere. So what gives? What should we expect going forward? I mean, if you look at where the the jobs are created, obviously leisure and hospitality. I mean, I I think it's a thing that people don't quite understand. It's this conundrum of, um, if you're going to go into a recession, how are you? Or how is the job market so so tight? Or can you go into a recession with the job market so tight? Because you know, typically the concept of the recession is that economic GDP goes down because people get laid off because you know the the buying power is low. Well, we're not in that situation. Leader hospitality has been undermanned by two and a half million people for the last you know two and a half years, and I, you know, I don't, did you ever work at a restaurant? I was a bartender. Let me tell you. Oh, um, yeah. If, 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 the, if the restaurant, I was in the chart house. We had, we had 78 people who worked in this very large chart house. And if we got down to 68, oh, first off, they had to be in the, in the kitchen. You can, you, but then you, then you had to have waiters and you had bartenders. There's a point where you're, 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 you, you have to have more people just to keep the doors open. Because if you don't have enough people, then your service is going to suck and people are not going to come back and you hurt, you, you know, you hurt your business a long time. So you'll operate at a break even on, you know, if things are slow just to keep the thing going. And that's what people are missing here. So if you look at leisure and hospitality, they're still down 600,000 jobs. I mean, they had 177,000 between leisure hospitality and, mm-hmm. and then the other side, which is healthcare. Dude, <laughs> we have a... Yeah. Our GDP, 21% of our entire freaking GDP in the United States is in healthcare. And, yeah. and 54% of that is Medicare, Medicare, Medicare Advantage, and Medicaid. That money's coming in. They need the bodies. They need the, the people. I mean, if you look at those two, because that's where the most of the jobs were, quote, unquote, created. But remember, those jobs weren't created, Todd. They were already there. <laughs> there were just nobody there to, to do them. Uh, right. So as you, as you brought people in and, and you had to raise wages to get some people off of the, uh, the can, and that's where the, the real inflation issue, the, the sticky inflation issue is going to be. Healthcare costs. Have you ever seen healthcare costs go down in your entire life? No. No. They never do. No. And healthcare service people have been the most overworked and underpaid for the most part. I mean, yeah, the heart surgeons make, you know, 2 million bucks a year, but the person who's scrubbing down the, the, uh, the machine is still making 3,700, excuse me, 37 to 42,000 a year. And they're tired of it. And, and the pandemic just, you know, completely changed everybody's mindset. All right, screw it. So they're going to yeah. get paid more. And, and hospitality leisure is the same way is, the, you know, Remember the you see the signs? I go to a pizza place in here. I, I, I always have a, a, a ad in the front saying in the door saying, you know, cooks, please apply here. It used to be twelve dollars an hour. Now 
And then it went to $14 an hour. And now he's paying $18 an hour for cooks and he still can't get enough cooks. Um, yeah. So, so 25% higher wages, 30% wages. And so, you know, he has only one choice is to raise the price of his great pizza. Um, and he's still doing okay, but he can't run the business without X amount of people. And yeah. so that, that's going to be here. And the wages are going to stick the, uh, the, you know, the, 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 you know, 10 million unemployed versus, excuse me, 10 million people. Let me try this again. One more time, Toby. Uh, four, <laughs> four million uh, jobs for 10 million people uh, yeah. uh, is, it, it, it's not going anywhere. And so yeah. what, it mean, what it means for the recession, you know, this is, I mean, the recession issue is that if we're going to have a recession and you have to then be, have a recession to get actual inflation costs down, then C, the Fed needs to raise way past 5% and okay. 6 Five and a half, six percent is where we're going to have to go to smuggle right. this thing because we we got two jobs for every you know one person looking, and most of those jobs are in services which are still making money, and they have the ability to pay, and they have to have a certain staff level. They can't work it. So that's that's the conundrum. That's the, that's that's why for us to have a recession, you got to smother thing. And another thing, Todd, I just it always pisses me off. So I'm in an angry mood right now. So just let me go. Everybody who ever studied macroeconomics 101 knows that it takes one and a half to two years for the Fed's monetary policy to actually impact the economy, the real economy, the real world. It's going to affect Wall Street, you know, earlier, obviously. It's going to affect mortgage rates, obviously. But for the real economy, it takes one and a half and two years. Everyone at the Fed knows that. Okay. Ben Bernanke, for God's sakes, was the guy who did the last paper that proved it takes one and a half to two years. So yeah. um, we just started this in March, excuse me, yeah, March of last year. So we're just getting into the first year part of it, but it's one and a half to two years okay. before you're going to see any meaningful. And 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 right now, with that job report, that says we're going to five and a half, six percent of Fed funds to make an impact that would actually bring prices down because the other stickiest price are rents, and um, and rents have started to come down slightly. But they're on yeah. a year-over-year basis. So, and housing equivalent, you know, if you have a mortgage and you did it two years ago, you're not getting rid of that mortgage because it's right, down to the lowest right. price you could ever have. So that cost is not going down. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I, I'm just so if I hear uh, so hold it. So, yeah. so if I hear you correctly, what you're saying is that the recession is it's just pending. It's likely going to happen. It's on deck for the time being because we haven't yet seen the real results of the Fed increases. Because, like you said, that right. one and a half two year time frame. But then I also am hearing a little bit of, okay, Wall Street is reacting now, but wouldn't this be the time that Wall Street should be selling off if that's the case? Because even after today, now we know that the Fed is going to continue to hike rates, yet the Dow was still up. I mean, a very small fraction, yeah, but I mean, we were down big early on today and then the buyers came right back in. It just seems like there's nothing out there that's going to prevent this market from rallying right now. All right. Well, I think what you're asking, what you're saying, uh, Todd, is that, hey, big headed white tooth guy, um, what exactly, <laughs> why aren't you calling a bottom in the market? Well, there's a, a couple of reasons, but obviously this 3,900 level, the index 3,925 uh, or 3,985, I should say, it, it is the 200-day moving average, and, and, and the, the S&P 500 rallies, the bear market rallies, because it's a bear market rally until it's not, right. have all stalled at that exact same spot, which is just absolutely classic bear market uh, deal. Okay. The, the bear market case is that 
as we get done with this last quarter and start to get earnings per share in uh, for, uh, you know, start reporting in mid-January, you're going to see, particularly in the tech world, these, these uh, pullbacks uh, on earnings per share. But we saw in all of the, the uh, cloud security stocks in the last three weeks. They've been the hottest thing. You, you have to have cloud security. You can't not own this stuff, but all of them have missed earnings, all of them have missed revenues, and all of them uh, are, are guiding uh, poorly, except for Okta, O-K-T-A, it's the only one. Well, if people are cutting back on the, the tech that you have to have to be in business, then what else are they cutting back on? Because that's the last thing you would pull back on. And yeah. you look in, in the tech world, you see all the job cuts, et cetera. But the thing about the tech world is it's 28% of our GDP but it's about 2% of our own employment, of our employment. The, the productivity, sales revenue per tech of labor at some companies is $3 million per employee. At a restaurant, it's about $36,000 an employee. So people keep saying, well, yeah, well, the tech's laying off, but on a relative basis, they have the highest productivity by an astronomical amount. Where we need to see layoffs are in service businesses, which is 72% of our economy, and we're getting s- services hired because they're still in business. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so. Well, the, the uh, biggest we're issue. Though, the, we're, okay, but the biggest issue is that we were talking about a recession. We've been talking about this for months now, especially sure. once the Fed started tightening. And we haven't, we're, we're not even there. I mean, Black Friday sales were at a record. I mean, people are out shopping, they're spending money. Everybody's getting a job. I mean, we're we're looking like assholes right now, Toby, because we're the only ones that are talking about this recession. One, one and, and a half, one and a half to two years is what it takes to for Fed to, to work out. Number one, number two, we uh, the United States of America is uh, got a lot of freaking problems, but uh, capitalism is not one of them. Uh, and um, and remember, we have you know 230 million people. We have 80 million people who are retired on pensions, on fixed income, on Social Security, et cetera. They're not bringing their, their, their spending down. I mean, you know, maybe the, um, maybe a, a bit. We, we have a lot of different, you know, we still have 140, excuse me, 153 million people employed. Real economy and the stock market are two completely different things. And so don't confuse the real economy with the stock market. The stock market is overvalued simply because the we have the, first off, we have the SPAC crash. And then we had the, you know, the, the fang crash. And then we've had the semiconductor crash, by the way. So it's going in sectors. It's not just all one amalgamated uh, area. And yet, what, what's keeping the Dow Jones up? Because the Dow Jones weighs its 30 stocks by market cap. And ExxonMobil has done great. Chevron has done great. If you took ExxonMobil and Chevron out of the Dow Jones 30, Dow Jones would be down 24% instead of okay. just, you know. So... The indexes, because they're market cap weighted, uh, but particularly the Dow Jones. The Dow Jones is the, is the new Fang, brother. It's Fang 2.0. Yeah, but, but because because of the energy companies that are so highly, uh, uh, ca- you know, or, or, or worth so much and on a market cap basis, take those out. And we have a bear market in everything. Okay. All right. That sounds good to me then. Okay. Well, look, I mean, all I know is that when I look at the immediate, the optics right now, it's just not signaling the dire recession I think we were talking about. But it sounds like that is something we're going to have to be concerned oh, with. No, I have not been talking about a dire recession. What I've been talking about is a bear market that has to go through the cycle. And okay. the idea that the idea that we bottomed uh, in, a, in a bear market after you know, 12 years of up markets, that we just bottomed in three months after the Fed started, 
That part right. is insane. That's what gotcha. that's, I'm not talking about the economy. Our economy, when we have our quote unquote recession, it's not going to feel like a recession because we have all the energy. We don't have energy prices. Our energy, you know, the biggest part of inflation is coming down is, is energy prices, gasoline prices particularly. But gasoline prices are only about four and a half percent of what how you figure inflation. And the Fed excludes energy and food from their PCE because they are highly volatile. But you still okay. got to buy gas, you know. So the recession okay. we're going to have is going to be recession light. I've been using that term for you know a year. But the stock market, if you're going to pay 22 times the earnings of the S&P 500, which is what we, we almost got to 24 times, the normal's been 15 times. So we need to get down to somewhere where the, the, the price of what we're paying for those earnings is reasonable in a world where you're going to be able to buy a five-year treasury bond and get a 6%. Buy, hold, sell live, brought to you by Transformity Research. Set return with no risk. Gotcha. That's what, that's where we're going to buy. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, well, look, let's wrap it up with that one. But coming up after the break, Toby and I are going to talk about specific investments because we got to really talk about how we're going to navigate the rest of this quarter and obviously going into 2023. So please stick with us on this very special job for a special edition of VHS Live. We'll be right back. Buy, hold, sell live, brought to you by Transformity Research. On any given day in Washington, policy proposals are created, debated, and decimated by tens of thousands of people and organizations working behind the scenes. On 80 Proof Politics, a guest and I will visit a D.C. watering hole and distill the art of advocacy by pulling back the curtain a bit and taking a look at how they play their part in the sausage factory we call our federal government. So if you're at all interested in how the sausage is made, pull up a chair, grab a drink, and join us. After all, what goes better with sausage than a tall, cold one? Travis Carmichael, the seemingly social financier who successfully left behind a blue-collar Baltimore upbringing by transforming himself into an elite hedge fund manager branded with a sterling reputation for creating enviable profit machines for many of the world's most powerful people. His success proved costly as he became incessantly vulnerable after a series of careless mistakes and poor decisions originated from his love affair with the brilliant and stunningly beautiful Russian operative Naomi Knight. Through a roller coaster journey, of greed, mystery, sex, and murder, Travis and Naomi's metamorphosis, from scorching Wall Street couple to unrecoverable bliss, is forever locked for posterity as one of New York City's most interesting tales. Coming to you from former Wall Street hedge fund executive and frequent contributor on CNBC, Fox News, Bloomberg, and CNN, I, Todd Schoenberger, feature a historical novel inspired by true events, including but not limited to those who possess impenetrable dreams of Manhattan wealth and the consuming lifestyle it perpetuates. Please pick up your copy of No Lie Lives Forever, available on Amazon and finer bookstores near you. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about, and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.
Welcome back, everyone, to BHS Live on this very special jobs report day. We received the jobs numbers for the month of November, and the federal government said that we saw a growth of 263,000 new jobs versus the 200,000. And Toby and I have been really getting into to the weeds of, of the details of the jobs report. But now, how do you make money off of this report? And that's what everybody is listening to today. So, Toby, I know that you've probably been on the phone nonstop at Transformity Research. You've been talking to clients left and right. They're probably questioning, wondering, scratching their heads, thinking, my God, we've seen the interest, interest rates go up so much this year, yet we still see all this job creation. But what are you telling them from the investment perspective? Because at the end of the day, that's what we're really here for. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if our listeners, I guess, for a while here have heard me talk about essentially this transformed world that we're living in. And transformed geopolitically, certainly transformed uh, energy-wise. And I've been using this acronym of REXIT, whether it's the Russian exit, and like companies it. In, in sectors that benefit. So there's always a bull market within bear markets. And it's just this time around, it's insane because I'm just looking at our, our list here. For instance, as we know, uh, December 5th, on Monday, the Euro campaign against Russian oil, or the, the price cap they're putting on at $60 per barrel, 60. Yep. And it starts, right? Well, gosh, uh, it, I mean, I, I don't know if you do this, try to do this at home, but I, I have a ticker that shows me how much it costs to lease an oil tanker or an oil product. Tanker. I, I have 24 by 7. I, mean, I get incredibly excited about watching that, that ticker. Yeah. And what used to cost $24,000 before the war, a tanker, let's say from uh, one of my favorites, uh, a Sting STNG or from TK Tankers, they're now getting $75,000 a day. Incredible. Last year, at, at this time, these tankers were losing money. And in this fourth quarter, they're going to earn more cash money than they earned in the last four years of operation Wow! in wow. one quarter. So why do we own all these oil tankers and product tankers? Product means that they, they ship diesel and so on and so forth. It's because now uh, what used to be a 16-day trip for a tanker, if they want to get, let's say, a, 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 from the United States and get that to China or in Europe, you want to go from uh, Asia excuse me, you want to go from Australia. The tanker it takes 48 days to what used to take 17 days. So, okay. so therefore, every tanker that is available is, are, is on the freaking water. And for yeah. the ones that are available on the spot market, I was talking to a, a broker yesterday, and he says he's heard people cry on the end of the phone, saying, you can't charge me $75,000 a day. I'm not going to make any money on my oil. And I said, okay, for you, $74,000. Um, <laughs> They can they can charge whatever the market will bear, and when you're shipping, you know, a hundred thousand barrels of oil times, you know, eighty dollars per barrel. Do that math. Uh, right. It's it's it, it's going to add another five dollars a barrel to ship it anywhere. So that's why we love tankers. TK tankers, we love TK. T okay. TRMD, <laughs> Archmore, ARC. All these okay. guys own their have very little debt. They've paid off all their debt in the last six months. There's no more uh, ships being built. There's no more of these guys. It's a three-year lead time. And the big shipyards are not even making tankers anymore. They're making LNG tankers. They're, they make ten, Those guys make a hell of a lot more making these LNG tankers. So guess what? There's a new law coming in, in next year that tightens up the, the regulations on emissions. And if you don't have you don't have these scrubbers, you don't have the things that clean the um, the exhaust, then you yeah. have to travel 50% slower. And what? what does that do? 
Yeah, because the law is if you emit X amount of carbon per, you know, per uh, minute. Yeah. And the only way you cannot emit that carbon is to drive slower. So they, well, wait, they, I, what, what, what law is this? Is it a U.S. law? I mean, who, who's... No, no, no. It's, an inter, it's international. It's an international, international, international Maritime Association uh, in with all the 126 different countries. And <laughs> you got to go slower. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you, if you don't have these scrubbers on your tank. So the point is, somebody like TK Tankers has brand yeah. is the newest one. They all, all have scrubbers. So they can move twice as fast. Okay. Well, it, if they're getting to, to the same place as other people, it's taking them, you know, if it takes them 40 days to get there and it takes everybody else 80 days, they yeah. can turn around twice as much. Right, it's, right. It's, it's the glory days of, you know, the age of chaos. Wow. This is a wonderful place to be. Um, not so much the bulk shippers. Now, the bulk shippers, that's, their rates have come down. The container Ships because you know the rest of the world is in a recession um, are significantly down. I mean, they were getting on containers like eight grand a container, but that used to be twelve hundred and fifty bucks. Now yeah. those containers are down back to under two thousand, and I guarantee they'll get down back to twelve fifty. So it's not all tankers, it's not all ships. But maybe if you're shipping oil or you're shipping yeah. diesel, and then the other one is you know LNG, obviously. Um, but a lot of people don't realize that. There's a ticker symbol LPG, um, which is uh, liquefied propane in China. You know how you make plastic? It takes butylene. You know what butylene is? That's that's LPG. It's the petroleum. It's propane. Okay. Um, in India, uh, when you go to India and you go to you know outside of the big cities or even in the big cities, you'll notice that everybody who's cooking on a stove is outside because they have no ventilation or air conditioners mostly. But they, when they're cooking, they're cooking with LPG tank. Everybody's got two or three LPG tanks, and you know there's a billion of them Indians, and they like to eat every day, and they don't have yeah. native LPG there, so we own the the, the, the propane tanker. Uh, and then and then some of them pay ridiculous uh, dividends. Um, yeah. So so we, we we just anything you can ship that has energy, you're going to make a lot of money. And some of these you're making, you know, very big dividends. They really should be a subscriber to Transforming Research so they can get our entire buy list, Todd, as you know. Absolutely. Yeah, you completely talk me into You've talked me into giving away all this valuable information. So keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to tell you, your newsletters are very valuable and absolutely all listeners should be signing up. Uh, if for anything, Thing, just sign up for the the free newsletter, the complimentary one, and then and then go into the uh, into the one with that provides all the value with the great picks. There's no doubt right. about that. Thank so you. I mean, okay, so with that, so obviously, I mean, I've I've always been a big oil guy. I love the big three companies with Chevron, ConocoPhillips, yep. and Exxon. Those three are the brand names that are there. They're the gold standard. And when you see just their just their stock prices are great, but also the dividends and the stock buybacks. Exxon's a great example of this. I mean, they're paying over almost four percent of dividend yield, but they continue to buy back their stock at billions of dollars at a clip. And when that when you do that, you're actually providing shareholder value. They truly understand that they have a fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders. So with those companies though, Toby, I mean, are you also thinking about the refineries like Valero Energy? I mean, Valero based out of San Antonio, I've always been a fan of, but what are your thoughts? I mean, especially as as prices are starting to creep down just a little bit um, that we've seen over the last 30 days. Yeah, well, there's sort of three things. One is Valero is, Exxon actually is the biggest refiner. But remember, Exxon, they make more money from natural gas than they do from oil and refined. That's oil. true. That, and, that, that and, is and, true. And Chevron, you know, basically the same way. 
Um, but we, VLO, Valero, uh, we've owned for a while. They, they live on what's called the crack spread. And it's the difference between how much money you can sell your refined product versus the cost of the barrel of oil. And their crack spreads have been at record highs. And as we all know now, we have this terrible diesel fuel shortage. And bizarrely, you know, Russia ships a lot of diesel. On December 5th, they, they're not going to be able to ship oil except it's under 60 bucks. But their product uh, is on January 5th, then go, embargo goes in too on, on products. So that's why I want to own Valero right now um, as, as a way, because their, their, their crack spread is going to go up because we're going to be shipping records amount of diesel from the United States. Um, and then the third one is LNG and um, or just uh, natural gas. We're coming into that period right now where we've been unusually warm for the last three or four weeks. And that that is, you know, made uh, gas prices get a little weak. But right. if you look at the, you look at the weather like I look uh, all the time and look at the long-term stuff, um, you know, we're heading into a cold spell. Um, so we want to own FLNG, Flynn, and that's the guy who, who ships um, natural gas to, to, to uh, Europe. But also, they also ship uh, and then LPG, which we like, is, is propane, is, which are sort of their sister company. Yeah. I don't, I don't Valero in a second because uh, what you're going to see in January is those crack spreads go up like crazy and, and, and okay. they, have, they have the biggest ones. Okay. I like that a lot then. So energy, obviously, with the big winner in 2022, it's going to, it looks like it's going to continue that way. The momentum is obviously with that sector. So investors should really be focused primarily on that sector. And well, obviously, we'll be re- assessing it quite a bit on on buy, hold, sell as we move forward. So Toby, any last words here? Because we had such a blowout number with jobs. Uh, December doesn't appear to be showing any type of slowdown. Uh, but you still have so many job openings that are out there and a lot of employers that still need to, to fill uh, these, you know, they're providing these opportunities for job seekers. But any last words though, for our listeners right now in this abbreviated session of well, VHS Live? I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say a few things I've said before. Number one, in a bear market, in other words, markets that are down 20% or more. Remember the NASDAQ is still down 31%. Uh, it's yes. the Dow Jones that's actually, this is the new NASDAQ. It's the Dow Jones is the new is the new uh, yeah. thing, right? But if you look yep. at the composition of the of the Dow Jones, those are those stocks do well in a bear market, and, and then particularly now add on add on you know the Russian invasion, which I just I, you know now I'm addicted to turning on and seeing how many Russians got butchered <laughs> today by the Ukrainians. I, I want to build my own you know my own. <laughs> site that just I can go in and see it but that thing's not going away yeah um, and the, and and so in a bull bear market if, I was just talking with my old publisher today we started change wave research my original company uh, in uh, September of 2000 and there was this little bear market going on and it didn't end till March of 2003 now between that day and March 20 in 2003 we had six different Bear market rallies. Okay, that got you know that you get right up to the two hundred day moving average, and then they fell. Uh, those yeah. were 30 percent moves, Todd. We had yeah. six thirty percent moves, and yet they all retraced themselves. And if you haven't been lived through that, and you just look at the world as saying, "Oh yeah, we're going to have just this little bear market," considering all the damage, considering the Fed. Oh, by the way. <laughs> When the, th- during the time that we had those five or six 30% moves, the Fed w- rates were 1%. Yeah. Between, between September of 2000 uh, and, and March of 2003, they cut rates down to 1%. And that yeah. was really the reason why we had those 30% moves. Uh, it also started a little weird thing of people buying homes and flipping them, by the way. 
And, and that bubble blew up, uh, obviously, in 2007, 2008. So we've had a giant bubble blow up, and the damage just, just is not over in five or six months based on the magnitude of that and the based on the matter of the foot. So you use these bear market rallies to lighten up on your risk yeah. assets and yeah. build the cash so that we get to the point. The bear market doesn't end until the Fed says, we're done. Okay. Until that point... You're going to get bear market rallies because it's short covering. I won't bore everyone, but basically, uh, we make made as much money betting against stocks this year as we did betting on them. And we're short them. It means that we borrowed the stock. But if we want to take a profit, we have to buy the stock to replace it we shorted. So you get a bear market rally because everybody who's borrowed these uh, shares to buy them, hopefully sell them at a much lower price, they, they have to buy. And so that's why you get these bear market rallies. But don't confuse a bear market rally with the beginning of a new bull market when the Fed is doing everything it can to smother the economy. You know, just don't get confused by it because the, your okay. little greed button goes off, you know. Oh my God, it yeah. went 3% today. I missed that. Oh damn. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, and, and, and all the people who used to buy the dip are getting ripped. So <laughs> this is, you sell the rip, not buy the dip. It's, it, it, yeah, except in the sectors of the economy that we're in that are Benefiting from, unfortunately, betting from Russia's actions, benefiting from uh, all the out, you know, outflow of that, and they're betting. Also, we're doing very well in solar. Um, you know, you can just buy the TAN, T-A-N, um, and in that, that solar uh, companies. We had 52-week highs. We had all-time highs today in five of our stocks that are in the you know the solar energy business. Yeah. And people go, wait a minute, it's a bear market. No, it's not a bear market for solar stocks, you bonehead. Um, <laughs> there's always bull markets inside of bear market. That's how we stay in business. I love it. I love it. Well, this is great. Great advice, great information, very knowledgeable and extremely valuable. No doubt about it. Toby, thanks a lot. So listen, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today on this special edition about the November jobs report. We know it's an abbreviated session. We're not giving you our buy, hold, sell pick although Toby and I did give you a few uh, few equity uh, um, opportunities yeah. for you, something to definitely consider. But please stick with us because when we come back next week, we'll be talking further about the, the jobs report and where the markets are headed because we have some critical data points that are coming out, most notably inflation. But we'll talk about that again. So Toby, thanks again. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks again. And we'll be, uh, please stay, uh, catch us next time. We'll buy, hold, sell, live. Have a great weekend, ladies and gentlemen. I know. Have a great weekend, ladies and gentlemen. And go Ravens. Yeah. Did you know virtually all vessels traveling in the U.S. have to be American-built, owned, and crewed? That's thanks to the Jones Act, which is the bedrock of the American maritime industry. On the American Maritime Podcast, we cover the topics that matter most to the 650,000 men and women of American maritime, while also being accessible for the average listener to learn about this industry. Every episode features a new guest, including congressional leaders, senior military officials, leading policy analysts, and other experts. Come aboard and listen wherever you get your podcasts or watch on the American Maritime Partnerships YouTube channel.